Hey, we're recording. Hey, we did it. <laughs> and welcome to the Avant Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we're recording live in a place you probably don't recognize from our lame background, but we'll switch that up in a little bit. I never want to leave here. I know. I mean, this room alone, just, but I, I never want to leave here. Yeah. This is absolutely amazing. So, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I have a Carter Automotive Group tip of the week. Oh, good. Which is ironic for being in a different dealership. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think this is a competing dealership. I don't think yeah. so either. So, I, think yeah. I don't think we're competing directly here with the same consumer. I was actually at are. Carter Ballard today, as funny as it is. So, yeah. yeah okay. So, maybe we are. Anyway, uh, so this is just a super easy one, but I thought it was funny given the, actually not where we're at, kind of competes in this sense, but uh, do you know what GTO stands for? Uh, grand Touring Option? Sort of. Oh, okay. Uh, close. It's Grand Turismo Olomogato, Mr. Roboto. Which is interesting because that sounds very Italian to me. And it seeing that on the, on the side of a, of, a, of a Pontiac just doesn't seem it to make sense. It is kind of interesting, yeah. yeah. But you know yeah. what? They are actually, the Pontiac GTO, which is mm-hmm. why I brought this up, is in fact a GTO. Yes. But not just by name, but by definition. It is a homologated car. Oh, And okay. that's where the GTO came from. And now, it does owe its... Uh, its roots to Ferrari. I was, was going to say, that when I think GTO, I sort of think a, a certain Ferrari, yeah. But uh, they were both designed to not compete in the same class, but under the same reasons. They're grand touring cars, and they were both built for homologation. Okay. And uh, guess who decided to name the Pontiac GTO the GTO? Bob Pontiac. John DeLorean. Oh, John okay. DeLorean, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's John, DeL- okay. John DeLorean to thank for that. And so... Because uh, he does, did he design it? It was his first project. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Somebody knows their cars. We're going to uh, talk about him in a second. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the head of janitorial here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you do want to, sh- if there there is a shared, uh, that is a shared name, and they both deserve that name. So okay. the Pontiac GTO and the Ferrari 250 GTO, okay. which won Le Mans twice, uh, both are homologated race cars. Now, the GTO only had about 30-something examples, and the Pontiac GTO had about 30,000 examples, but yeah. Is the new 599, was that, that was a race car? Because there was a GTO version of that. There was a GTO 599. There was a five. Yeah, see? There we go. All right. We should probably introduce Listen our to guests. the random man that you can't yes, see. Yes, you can't yeah. see our guest, but I will switch the camera to him <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. And our guest this week, Rami Atherton. Welcome to the show. It's Atherton, like the rich place in California. Right. In case you needed to know how to spell that. Yeah. So you know your geography. I don't I did it. <laughs> there. I had to switch Geology? The yeah, I know my geology. Don't you worry. So, <laughs> Rami, welcome to the show. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a while, and I'm glad to finally get you here. Um, I guess, first of all, we are at the new Open Road dealership in Bellevue, correct? Correct. We're sitting in my Rolls-Royce showroom currently. Yeah, you'll notice the color swatches behind you look beautiful. I hope I'm doing this right. Usually I have somebody else working the camera, a.k.a. Adam. Yes. So I'm doing it while trying to record, so forgive me, audience. I'm doing my best. <laughs> You're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we, uh, we, we uh, had the... <laughs> Back that up, sorry. We had the pleasure of, of having you show us around this brand new dealership. If, if they don't know, um, I think a lot of people in, the, in this area, it's, uh, we're used to Lamborghini and, and McLaren of Bellevue on the corner, but you guys have moved across the street and done a huge remodel of the old uh, BMW dealership, correct? Correct. We're sitting in 60,000 square feet. We took certificate of the beginning of the year. We still haven't done the official opening yet, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. You know, we've got four brands here. We're going to make everybody happy. So we're still going through that process. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, uh, if you don't know, they're, they're they're carrying Lamborghini, McLaren, Bentley, and Rolls Royce. And I was laughing because I pulled in the parking lot, and your Porsche is sitting outside. Yeah, I did find that kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I, so the guy who 
bought my Porsche for me. He lives in Yakima. And he had it for about a year, put an exhaust on it, played with it a little bit. And then he came over here and decided he needed a 720. That's a good and upgrade. I, yeah. Clay it's funny because that's what you wanted to do, I think. That yeah. is what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted a 675, which was a little out of the budget, but I was hoping to get a McLaren next. And then the market went nuts. I have a couple 675s for you. I know you he do. Knows I know guy, he you knows the guy. Yeah, yeah. He has a couple yeah. 675s, yeah. So, which are still out of my budget right now, thanks to inflation sure. and housing. And Kidneys don't, don't go for what much. you think. I mean, the kidney market has not gone up like you yeah. think. Yeah. So, so, you know, hey, sooner or later I'll get one, though. I, anyway. Rami, I want to talk about, you are a Pacific Northwest guy. Like, you grew up here, did you not? No, actually, I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. So, I so, am new. I thought you grew up in Bellevue. No. Oh, you live in Bellevue now. I live in Bellevue. I, I totally confused that. I'm sorry. You're yeah. thinking of my dad, because you know I my dad. I am thinking of your father. I mean, yes, I, I do. I apologize for that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, you grew up down in L.A. Correct. And, and, and how long have you been in, the, in this business? Uh, car business since COVID. Since COVID, okay. So I started off, you know, you know my dad, yes. obviously, has an association with Park Place. Never heard of it, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a small little place here in Hold Washington. Hold on, okay, yeah, I can see it, yeah. yeah. Across the street. <laughs> yeah, across the street, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you know, coming into a new marketplace, what a great opportunity to meet people and be involved in a lot of events. Um, so yeah, I started off with Asimar and Lagonda and had the opportunity to come over here and be in the McLaren brand wrap here at Open Road Northwest. Nice. And we're with the premier auto group in Canada, but we're the new guys here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we knew some of the successors, but uh, when, when McLaren came down here, it was huge. I mean, that was something that people in this area have been looking forward to for a long time, and it's so nice to see them on the road now and have somebody, place they can go to be serviced. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so McLarens have their quirks, and oh, of course they do. Yeah, no. as anything British does. Any, for the yeah, I was going to say yeah. it's British. Yeah, I, I'm a long-standing McLaren fan. Everybody knows that. It's no secret if you've listened to the show for more than five minutes. And favorite car, favorite chassis I've ever driven was the 675 LT, which is why it's the top of my list because it's like the obtainable dream car. And that's a stretch, I know, for a lot, but I've, I'm one of those people like if I want it bad enough, I will find a freaking way. <laughs> so. But I would love to know what your favorite McLaren quirks are, being the brand rep. Because then they, and I don't mean defects, I mean quirks, because they have quirks. Well, you know, the biggest quirk for it, I had to say, is battery issues. So it's not driving the car, and it's the, the windows going down on you. <laughs> I experienced everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, when that happens, you're not driving your car enough. And the alt saying rule is keep your car in a battery tender. So you can avoid most of your McLaren issues just with that. I think McLaren built that out on purpose. They're like, hey, drive your car or we're going to roll the windows down. How do we make this more British? I know, electrical issues. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's actually interesting. As far as McLaren having a little bit of talking and control over their customers, you brought up something when we were walking around. Mm-hmm. McLaren doesn't like you parking their cars outdoors and storing them, correct? Like that's a, It could void your warranty almost. That could, and, that's a, I, and I think that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think that because obviously you should care for your cars. I mean, that's important. And I understand there are some people... Again, we don't live in Abu Dhabi, but um, you know you got to keep your cars clean. You got to keep them nice. Um, but I found that very interesting that that could be, and it makes total sense to me because you have an exposed engine. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's like we we've talked about a hundred times on some of the mercies and the fact that you can't park them downhill in the rain because you will drown the engine. <laughs> yes. So yeah, seen that firsthand. Yeah. And I've also seen uh, there was an article. I think I don't remember where it was on, but there was some little funny clip where somebody had parked a McLaren outside, not storing it. They'd parked it under a tree for overnight. And there was a nest of squirrels in that tree. So it filled the exhaust, it, the top exhaust, just from falling. They filled oh, like the entire engine and the exhaust with acorns. I think that'd be fun to start the car though and watch them go <laughs> shooting across the neighborhood, but that's just me. Flaming acorns? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Flaming acorns. Hey, that's a great name for a band. Flaming acorns. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. 
and don't worry, guys, this is not a, this is not a commercial for dealership, but this is an impressive facility. Now, when it was BMW, it was okay. It's a BMW dealership. This is not. This is nothing like the old facility. This is a ultimate supercar destination. Yeah, and we're really focused on creating a culture here. You know, it's Circle of the Northwest opening up and having some new opportunities where we're going to have some premier tracks here in the Pacific Northwest. We really want to be a track store. So getting your cars prepped, stored correctly. Um, as you saw, we have plenty of indoor storage here. <laughs> You're not lacking in storage. So. Yeah. 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 Which is a big deal here. Like we just talked about, you know, these cars should not be outdoors. When you bring your car in for service, it shouldn't be stored outdoors. I want to talk a little bit about the dealership because we were walking around here and I want to talk about some of the things that a brand like Rolls Royce or Lamborghini requires you to do in a dealership. Like as far as, as you know, um, you know, the type of doors, signage, things like that. And can you talk about that a little actually, bit? Real quick, I want to touch on that real quick. Okay. Also, I or don't, it, don't no, touch no, no. on that now. Yeah. I actually <laughs> do want you to touch on that. No. But I also want to understand something. So like if you go dealership to dealership, you have uh, areas like we've run into this with Mercedes and Linwood and where like Chateau St. Michel is technically Mercedes Linwood's territory. Correct. Yeah. Even though they were closer to. Thanks for bringing up that nightmare. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they were Wonderful closer... people, but that was a whole thing. But they were much <laughs> yeah. closer to Mercedes at Bellevue at the, yeah. at the same time. So how does it work that you have four brands that i mean especially mclaren and lamborghini who do directly compete in the same dealership that's how i wanted what i wanted to know well they all had their designated area and space um, some of the brand requirements were lamborghini has a live feed from corporate mclaren has a live feed from corporate wow. rolls royce has the pentagon door coming in right now which is basically the fancy way of saying rolls royce grill which every single dealer will have to do in the pacific northwest and nationwide Cool. So a lot of the stuff here is the first being implemented, but you'll see it spread out throughout the other dealerships in the future. Um, I will say McLaren's probably the most completed showroom here. So as you can see, our Rolls-Royce showroom is still under construction. Lamborghini's eh, about 80% there right now. And Bentley, we're still missing the furniture. I mean... Bentley is awesome, though. You walk in there, the lighting in there is just incredible. I mean, it is. And, it's a, and like I said, so there, there are certain requirements, obviously, the dealerships. And I think Dan, what was Dan was saying is Lamborghini, or Lamborghini doesn't have any problem being in the same dealership with McLaren. Like, You know what? I, I, I probably know. do. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously, if they're, they're not, big, there's going to be separate parties for both. No, I understand. Different track days for both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... it's it's absolutely amazing. Like I said, this space, what you guys have done with this and, and converted. I, I had been in here a few times when it was BMW. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't like to come here when it was BMW. But <laughs> right. Well, I think we're setting up an office for you here now, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's in the back uh, by the dumpster. It's this little cardboard box. Yeah. I, yeah, thought, you, I, thought, you headquarters. A, I thought you picked out a spot by the bar. Oh, I did. I mean, but you know, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to want me to drink that much. So yeah, <laughs> it's all know, the tequila. Yeah. It, it is sort of the running joke of the show, though, is we used to crack a beer when we, somebody would swear. We weren't doing video and somebody would swear. Yeah. I, would, I would edit it with a beer crack and it was the sound of a rainier opening. The funny thing is, is Contrary to popular belief, Nick and I barely drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we like to have a drink, but I will drink something like I typically drink for quality now. So when I have a, 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 a drink, it's usually like a 15 year scotch or something. Oh, you're having a Kamikaze 18 or something, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't, and I drink so little, that's an affordable thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like a bottle lasts me a year. So it's kind of funny that we Also, I mean, people time. weren't swearing that much on the show, but the people thought we were drinking a lot, a lot. on the show. They're like, I thought we drank more here. Like, no. We have like we, a beer. A beer. Yeah. <laughs> a beer. A beer over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously you said, you said before COVID, you, what were you doing before COVID? I was actually doing high-end real estate. So, okay. Oh, uh, natural transition. Naturally, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I closed like Usher's house. I had one of the real housewives. 
Okay. Unfortunately, that house where Pop Smoke got killed was one of my listings. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, so that was when I transitioned up here. That was, a, a, yeah. that was a fun TMZ phone <laughs> time, call. Time to move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gotta look, we got to disclose some things in your listing. What? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. So you moved back up here, obviously. I mean, your dad's from up here with Park Place and all that. Um, was that a pretty natural move? Like you knew you wanted to come up and do cars? Yeah, it was a natural move, and it's a great place to raise your family. Yeah. yeah it's clean. It's nice. It's isolated. Yes. Was, and you know a lot about cars. Obviously, when we were talking in the intro, you knew the GTO story right away. That's one of my fun trivia. He knew questions. one fact. No. <laughs> yeah. So well, how did you get your interest in cars? Yeah. Well, my first job was actually at Beverly Hills Ford. So oh. uh, Peter Blocksburg was the owner of Beverly Hills Ford. And this is during the XFL days, so kind of dating myself a little bit. Yeah. We understand. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the XFL coming back? It like, is, yeah. The Rock is bringing it back. Yeah. Is Which is actually back. cool. No, yeah. Like, yeah. It only took about 20 years for it to make it cool. Yeah. Uh, Are they going to allow steroids? Because I think that'll make that a totally different game. The steroid league. <laughs> the steroid league. Absolutely. He ripped his arm off. Yeah, but he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's that old joke? We should just see how, like, make a league and just see how far we can stretch. Exactly. Yeah. You know, steroids are 100% legal. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have the lingerie football league. We can get away with anything. So, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I did participate with the lingerie league for a while, actually. <laughs> exactly. I'll be a towboy. I'll be yes, a towboy. Yes, please. Yes. We know somebody who was in the laundry league. I, den- I deny that. <laughs> oh, we do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, no, exactly. yeah. She was a personal trainer and a friend of ours. Yeah, that's I funny. I would not get on a field with her. Oh, no, she'd, she'd kill kick us. Your ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway. And, so, then, and then I yeah. got my dealer's license when I was 18, and I was the guy that was buying cars at auctions for all my friends and selling them and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. So you were actually like running your own bu- yeah, business. My first exotic car that I bought myself was an LMO2. So that's before I realized it had $5,000 bulletproof tires on it. Yeah, yeah, but you have to buy when they release them. <laughs> so, uh, t- I'm sorry, us. what? Yeah, so, one more time? Yeah, so they, Pirelli makes the Scorpion tire specifically for the LMO2 in yeah. batches. And so you can only buy them oh, when they I, have them. I thought you meant you had to buy them when you buy the car every time. I'm like, no, no, they're $5,000 a piece. They're made of Kevlar. They're bulletproof. Yeah. So it's $20,000 for your tire set change. Okay. It's cheaper to own a Bugatti, apparently. No, no. <laughs> I think those are forty-five thousand yes. dollars tire changes. You only have to change them every ten thousand miles. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Insane. So, what yeah. other cars have you had though? Let's go through the fun list. Uh, personal cars: LMO two, five nine nines, DBS, uh, Vantages. Um, did a lot of Rolls Royce purchases. Um, had the first uh, Dragon Edition in California. What is a Dragon Edition? I've I've heard about it, but I didn't know you could get them in America. You could. Okay. Yeah. But most of them were obviously purchased by the Asian marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something they made for. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Not too many Americans buying a Dragon Edition. Right. Unless... I don't know. It sounds well, there's awesome. a lot of Asian Americans, so... Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, whatever. Nothing wrong with that. Um, what's a, what are you driving now? Uh, McLaren. Which one? Tell us all I about dri- it. McLaren, I get to do a 720, and that's my, uh, my dealer demo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're suffering. That's, that's horrible. I'm, I'm really waiting for my tour, though. I'm waiting for a while for that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, why? What, what's with the Arturo? Like, what? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Since you are the brand manager, I actually do want to know all about it. I know it's so, hybrid. Which... So the hybrid, well, first of all, McLaren is one of those brands where obviously the 675 LTs come out and you get one year of pre-production on the vehicles. That's kind of what McLaren's known for is not that much time in developing a product. Now, the Arturo is the exact opposite. They've done about three years, four years now in the development of the vehicle. So it's basically a mini P1 in essence. You have a bigger battery pack on it. You have torque delivery on it. Um, we have a V6 setup. So it's a 296 GTB competitor for Ferrari. Um, 
but it's going to be a five-year warranty unlimited miles vehicle. So it'll probably be one of the best options in that category. And you're looking at a 260 MSRP, a little bit higher. So it's a hybrid. You get the tax credit too. You get the tax credit. Mm-hmm. You get a five-year warranty on so it. That, that matters to people like that. Trust me. Yeah. Well, it does <laughs> Bring your matter. taxes down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 6,000 pound roll was a big deal with us. You know, yeah. a lot of people buying Bentley SUVs and G-Wagons lately. Yeah. So that's actually, it, there's some guys, it depends where you're at. And I bet you can get away with it here because there's a lot of vehicles that weigh under 6,000 pounds that actually don't. Yeah. Trucks are named, the Raptor actually weighs over 6,000 pounds, even though it's listed at like 59 or something. Yeah. You might yeah. want to explain the 6,000 pound rule I for those just who don't actually, actually, No, say, yeah. actually, I was going to yeah. use this as a Wait tip a of the week. Your dad would be a good one for this one. I, yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yes. So, yeah, actually, I would love to ask you about that because I have my, I have my internet level understanding of that, but please tell us, explain the 6,000 pound rule to people. Personal work vehicle, full write off. Yeah. As long as it's over 6,000 pounds or under? Over. Over 6,000 pounds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah. Your new work vehicle? <laughs> well, yeah. A lot of people, they go weigh them. They just, they go, they go scale them empty. And okay. then the, the, if you just, I have learned a rule with the, with the Department of Licensing. While transporting your, your home weight kit? <laughs> <laughs> the Department of Licensing is one of those things. And I've told people this on the show before, that if you get a no the first time, just keep going until you get a yes, because oh. there's somebody there who hates their job and their life and doesn't really care about anything they're signing. <laughs> okay. And I have learned in my 20 plus years of licensing vehicles that that is definitely the right approach with the Washington DOT and DOL. Hmm. There's somebody there who just does not give. And okay. you can just, if you get a no, no and you sort of know you're right, just keep asking. Okay. There you go. I, I will tell anybody that. Are you saying that if somebody, if your vehicle is not 6,000 pounds, is that what you're trying to say? No, if, if you, 6,000 pounds, if you weigh it and it's like 59.50. Oh, okay. Maybe you just happen to be transporting something in the back that day and go to the scales again. I don't know. It's not, oh, I'm not telling okay. you you should break the law. I got you. Maybe some off-road tires. Yeah, yeah. Some Scorpion off-road tires <laughs> for LM and Actually, that, yeah. that is a huge thing. He's not wrong because changing, simply changing the tires on a truck, mm-hmm. especially if you can size up without Jeep people. Hello, Jeep people. If you've got a Gladiator, you can get over 6,000 pounds. Trust me. It's really easy to do. But, I mean, Put you go some from new bumpers on it. Mm-hmm. Bumpers, yeah. winch, go from 35s to 37s. Change out your suspension to mid-travel. Ta-da, 6,000-pound rule. It's, yeah. it's a used vehicle as well. It qualifies. Oh, there you yes. go. Yeah. So, anyway. It's a. Uh, <laughs> is this is this when we should put that disclaimer yeah, in here? Like I'm not the advice that you're being given on this program does not. <laughs> Please consult your CPA. Consult <laughs> your CPA talk or financial your professional. Yeah, yeah. Talk to your CPA. But I'm not telling yeah. you to break the law. I'm telling people to take advantage of the existing laws and use them to your advantage. loopholes exist for a reason. There's nothing yeah. wrong with you could write off your calling in. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, and that's a huge write off. Mm-hmm. One that is well worth it. I'd have to live in it, but still I'd be happy. Yeah, and it is. I I know from my reading that it is a huge thing driving the luxury SUV market is that. When you need a very large write-off, yeah, 300 grand is a good size of a write-off for your Mm -hmm. business. And a lot of those people, especially real estate agents, things like that, certainly have their own business. Oh, I'm learning something. The more you know. The more more you know. Yeah, don't break the law, but use it to your advantage. Do you want to buy a Bentley Bentayga by any chance? Uh, you know, okay, that, those are two separate questions. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> is somebody else financing it? Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little more about, um, so I'm going to switch this up, but to, about Open Road Auto Group, because Open Road obviously is uh, Canadian. It is Canadian Auto Group. They own about 25 dealerships in Canada yeah. and 25 in Asia. Oh, I didn't know about the Asian market. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, uh, about $100 million in gross revenue right now. 
They're a big player, and I think they're looking to come into the U.S. market, and this is a great place to start. It is definitely the right market for them. Were they in the luxury market, or, or are they in the luxury market up in Canada, or was this their first dipping into the... T- they have the Rolls-Royce store, so okay. they're already in the luxury market, uh, but the way that works over there, they're distributors, so it's a different model mm. down here. Okay. A little bit easier. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I remember when they first came down here, and it was like, that's just amazing to have these dealerships here, especially, you yeah. know, be able to represent it. And then Christian, the CEO of the company, is an ex-Porsche race car driver, so... There's a lot of passion toward the product. Okay. Interesting. Are you a track guy? I like doing track days. Yeah? Yeah. What have you taken to the track so far? You know, the McLaren's kind of a fun one. <laughs> so McLaren's, but Mazda Miata's not a bad deal on the track either. It's always Right? Nice. Yeah. yeah. I still want to drive one with it. Somebody's put a V8 in it. A fly Miata conversion. I think that'd be kind of fun. I mean, I'd probably die, but I mean, die happy. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you to step out of the dealership role just a little bit. Thank you. What is <laughs> take your jacket off, relax. Yeah. <laughs> what other cars are catching your eye? I didn't have to be new. I mean, like, let's just go across the list. Like, what makes what makes you an auto enthusiast? We, we, I asked this question because like Nick and I are so jaded when it comes yeah. to cars, especially being in just being in this market around here where Ferrari every day is not uncommon, even in the rain. So, I what don't know. I, I think my jaded, I mean, uh, I yeah. was showed something tonight, two yeah. things I've never seen. So, yeah, that definitely yeah. there yeah. are very few, there are very few cars that. Kickstart our hearts. Yes. And that was definitely one of them. Pause it for just a second. I can't. Oh, sorry. You can cut this out or no? Uh, yeah, I, I, can, put, I, was, I can put I was, a space can in. Can we, we talk do. about the cars you showed us or not? Yeah, of course. Okay. okay. I, I wanted to make sure. Well, like, I'm just going to leave that in there. Okay, now. yeah. Okay. Of course, sorry, of course. This is what we would have done if we were editing. We're not going to. So the two <laughs> things, that obviously, uh, we Dan and I got to introduce to, to a Senna GTR. Yeah. And then, I mean, and this is, of all the cars, don't get me wrong, the full carbon body Ford GT Super Snake, oh, GT500 yeah. was... Yeah, yeah. Eleanor Super I mean, Snake. everything back there was amazing. With Shelby's signature. I mean, I was this close to getting the GTR, but the seat doesn't fit, so... I know, I'd, same thing. I tried my, to get my, in my, my millions I don't have are going other places, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think we time-lashed you getting out of that car. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure if you speed it up, it'll still... If we put it to that music of... Da, 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 I think da, you got out of it more gracefully than I, I did, just, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. I was more, I was more like get out without kicking the stock off the off the gear. Yeah, shift. I was so, yeah. super nervous of the series. So, yeah. stuff, I call it. But yeah, what what other cars still catch your eye? You know, I've always loved the V12 Ferrari front engine. So yeah. the 599s, obviously the A12. Uh, we just took on trade. You're obviously looking at that car. Yeah. Um, all the last of the V8s now. So you know the F8s. I think are fantastic cars. Um, comfortable Beautiful. day night cars and refined Ferrari products. Uh, McLaren 720. I think it'll be the last of the V8. So to me, that's a special car. I do get last year production. Um, and the stuff that's really sticking out in my head right now is that, like we were talking about earlier, is some of the new electric cars coming out. Um, I think we're talking about Scout today, which is yeah. a new product from Volkswagen being reintroduced. So full electric SUVs and trucks coming out. So like the Scouts. International right? like, Scouts. Okay, international Scouts. Just so I'm clear. Yeah, Volkswagen okay, yeah. now owns the rights to International Scout. They bring back an electric Scout. It's interesting how all these brands are going out and finding these, the, the, you know, the, I mean, DeLorean's been re- relaunched. Um, Which looks good, by the way. I think uh, it's a nice product, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the new, we had the new, uh, the, not the Pantera. Was it the Pantera? The the. Di Tommaso, I'm sorry, Di Tommaso, Tommaso re- yeah. is relaunched and things like that. So, and that Di Tommaso is going to be incredible. But I mean, these brands coming back, I think it's kind of it's very nostalgic for people that have of our vintage. Uh, yeah, the Volkswagen's bringing back the bus. I mean, yeah, which is. I, I don't know if there's any okay. market for an electric bus. It's it's that. I, I mean, know, but I mean, they brought back fits. the Beetle and that worked. I get that. I yeah. don't know. I'm I'm wondering if the bus, 
the world we're living in now, the, when the bus came out, it was a very, you know, it was a love bus. Let's yeah. be honest. Well, mm-hmm. when they launched the Beetle, if you remember, I mean, it was, people were pretty fond of it. Like, yeah. I mean, now it's kind of a little, I guess, played out, but not really. It's still a great little car. Look at the Sprinter van success. Everybody has a Sprinter van now. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So why not get the Volkswagen product similar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just, I will be interested to see what, what, what Volkswagen does with Scout. Like I said, I literally learned, I did not know that until later today. So in my mind, the idea that I have for Scout and being able to, you know, it's, half the time when people look at a Scout, they think it's a Bronco. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? right? So. Yeah, the off-road market in electric is kind of weird, but it's getting there. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, still, still waiting to see a Hummer across a river. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and just watch the lights flicker. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Can you people are going to take worst scenario? No, of water crossing an electric car. No, I like, can't. Like, how do you even rescue it? Like, I'd be, I'd be like, heck no, no. <laughs> Grab a helicopter because like, we ain't touching it. I just, I mean, Dan and I have talked about it when we did the monkey run last year. We were in the middle of nowhere in Washington on the on the backcountry discovery route. I said it right. Nice. And there was a guy up there with a Tesla, and I'm like, and we're all like, what are you doing? Like, about the time you poke a battery, like, I, the Hummer, the new Hummer is sort of a. I don't, I don't, nobody's going to do what they did with the old Hummers with those. Like, of course even, not. even the H2s that were just Tahoes. Well, not necessarily. I think everybody's going to do exactly what they did with the old they're Hummers. They're going to go to an empty parking and lot they're, and they're going to uh, crab crawl. No, they're just going <laughs> to drive them around town with big wheels and tires on them because that's what everybody did with an H1. Yeah. There's like, what, true. 5% of people who bought an H1 off roaded it, a, a, a civilian model. Yeah. And the other the civilian just, models break. Like, yeah. the, the, the military, military ones, ones don't. Break. No, they do. Those things piece of junk. <laughs> the military ones are worse. The alpha, really? way worse. All you really want is an alpha. Okay. Yeah, the H1 alpha is the only thing that's good. Something yeah. cheap. Yeah, yeah. No. And cheap. <laughs> so you guys have, uh, we, we joked about it the other day, but now that we're here, you guys have my Porsche in the parking lot. Yeah, we do. <laughs> are you interested in buying a Porsche? Yeah, you want a Porsche? <laughs> I was going to ask you how Two the, owners ago, the guy really beat on it, though. Uh, that's true, he did. <laughs> no. Several launches. Yeah. Uh, how is the used car market for you guys? I mean, you even you got quite a few McLarens, and you seem to have a relatively good inventory. What's it, like the inflation? Though is insane. The markups are insane. You're basically buying a used car for new car pricing, and new cars all have a markup. We can go statistically; it doesn't matter if you're at a Hyundai dealership or a Rolls Royce or a Bentley and McLaren dealership. Seventy-six percent of consumers paid over sticker, so we're experiencing that. Nothing's changed. Um, lead time on orders. You know, some cars brands like Lamborghini sold out for two years um two years now okay yeah wow. Bentley you know today they did the product launch for the long wheelbase so that's a new product coming out a Turo um and McLaren I think McLaren's actually reducing the numbers produced this year so they're keeping their values high which is good um I think this whole you know anomaly in the marketplace is actually a good thing for us how long do you see this lasting you know, it's kind of like Rolex, you know, with Lamborghini, they're going to produce 4,000 or 5,000 units. They're not going to change that. It's more about brand retention. No, I just meant, I meant, I meant like this whole ridiculously priced cars. I mean, for everything from Hyundai's to, you know, the mark. I mean, I was looking at a, an ad for a Hyundai dealership and it, the markup was insane. And I'm going, they're pricing themselves almost out of the market of the people that they're targeting. It's getting it's to the point where people are nervous about buying a car and holding off on it if they can. Yeah. I think the supply chain issue is still here, and it's not going away for another year or so. Yeah, this car is shipping without CarPlay, and Andrew's to save chips now. I, I agree with that. Uh, I think uh, Ford came out today. There's 53,000 Broncos sitting waiting for chips. They will sell them to you, but you won't have a navigation or a backup camera or... You mean all the stuff I want? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Massaging seats. And those backup cameras are overrated. <laughs> 
That's my biggest complaint with that Porsche out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could have put one in. I told you we could list three in sticky tape. Could I've got have been a lot done. nicer drill bits now, so we're I know, good to go. right? I'll tell you. <laughs> Just go to car toys. It'll be fine. Oh, God. Right? God. You say things like that. People will listen to this, actually. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about uh, the aftermarket stuff. Do you guys do, I mean, you guys are talking about being a track shop. Uh, what does that mean for your service department and track prep and things like that? You guys are doing all that here? We can do pre-track inspections so you don't void your warranty out. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Yeah. So one of the requirements for some of the brands is that pre-track inspection. And it's, and it's going to be helpful when we have our own home track. Who is the most uh, forgiving with track mods? And what are they? No one is. No one is. <laughs> <laughs> they, every brand here built a perfect car, and you shouldn't need to change it, Dan. You shouldn't need wheels or anything. I mean, that's... I mean, Truthfully, I mean, they, they look at it that way. And, I, and I, we're touching on this again. I think it's very important when you buy a car, especially in this luxury market, it's important to talk to your salesman about the things like that. Like you're talking about, like, if you're going to race this, make sure you bring it to us before you do it or that you could void your warranty. Don't park it outside. It's little things like that that I know a, a, a good salesman like you talks mm-hmm. to people about that. But I was never taught... I mean, like... Well, in this market, you're not buying... You're buying your track car and you're buying your track day car. Yes. So if you, could, you can go to a track day with... Any McLaren, any McLaren, even the GT, right up the showroom floor, and it's going to do better than ninety-nine percent of the cars in the market. And but if you've got that money, but he's he's saying that you, if you're even you're going to do a track day, you need to have oh, your, yeah, your car that. checked out by the dealership before you do it, because if you go out there yeah. and break something, it's a lot like probably your insurance, where your insurance goes, you crash, it's not off the on the road, we're not going to pay for it, kind of thing. So. And yeah. also, if, you know, it's a consumer is not really realizing that if you do ten track days, you have carbon ceramic brakes, you're going to have to swap that system out, and yeah. You know, most of the time on the track, you probably want your still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a actually really popular swap for yeah. even the GT2 owners we've seen. Almost everybody at Driver's Club is for Hagerty Garage and Social, excuse me. Oh, they're going from carbon ceramics they're, to They're steals. taking them off. Yeah. yeah. And they're either selling them for a massive, massive amount of money, which is smart, or they're yeah. just saving them for when they trade it back in, which is what a lot of people do. Which, I mean, you know, when we, when, when you, we went through that whole thing with your Porsche, and, and, and oh, yeah. I mean, that was seeing the price. 10,000 a rotor yes. was MSRP. Mm-hmm. I don't think people. Really, I mean, I get why they're so expensive. Obviously, you need them to last, and you need them to be yeah. to stop you. But especially with the heat, yeah. It also yeah. takes a while to heat those up. Also, so yep. yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite uh, What's your favorite performance thing you've seen come through the works as you've been doing this? Like I've seen, carbon ceramics was a big change. Uh, magnetic ride, even though it's been around from GM forever, became pretty much standard in Ferrari. Probably rear steering, you know, rear but, steering. Yeah. yeah, that was probably a big game changer, especially for the 911 brand. Oh, yeah. I loved it on mine, actually. It's yeah. The first time they got it right. I mean, who was it? It was Honda with uh, the Prelude mm-hmm. that had the four-wheel steering. Oh, that's and right. Yeah. Nissan did on, what was it? I think the 300ZX had it as an option. Yeah. That was and, the first one. Yeah. Then, How much? Okay. Let's, so, I'm going to ask the question to both of you. How much do you think that really helps in a car? Uh, because to me, it's one more thing to break in my mind. I'm going, okay, you know. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. It's one other thing to break. Yeah, but. I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, of all, it's like you broke your rear steer. I have rear steer. It's a. I loved it, especially when I had to do a sharp turn in the Turbo S. Okay, it was just like, man. If you're was, tracking, it makes a big difference. Hundred percent worth it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not against it. I was just as something I look at. Okay, that's one more thing that can be you know that I can break, and I would break it. Yeah, I feel like there was this is kind of, coming from me. I feel like there yeah. was kind of that that point where technology came along a little too fast. I tried to introduce all at once and everything broke all the time. And now we're kind of in a sweet spot where we're not seeing those massive, rapid, huge changes to where they're becoming sort of normalized. Like think of magnetic suspension for one or even carbon ceramic brakes. Like when they first came out, they were relatively brittle. Um, when they, and people that 
cars that had them didn't actually drive that much. But now that they're pretty normalized on almost everything, they hold up pretty well um, unless you get a defective rotor. But for the most part, I mean, like most people aren't tracking those cars and you don't ever have to change your brake pads. Sure. And your, your, your rotors, I mean, your pads, yes, but maybe once every what? No brake dust either, which is yeah. kind of nice, right? That alone was worth it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just talk about it. It's all about the maintenance stuff. All right. Uh, since our audience can see it behind you, we're looking at the color swatch wall. We're in the Rolls-Royce room, and mm-hmm. this is obviously not all the colors they offer, but popular colors, interior options. You guys can't see it off to the side, and interior options. Um, tell us about, like, what it's like the build process. If I'm going to come in here, I'm going to go, like, I'm gonna, let's just do Rolls-Royce. Well, McLaren, you're McLaren. So tell me what it's like when I go and buy a McLaren. Well, McLaren, you're going to walk into my showroom, and we're going to use a computer touchscreen and go through the whole build process. And we're basically going to put that build slot into the system. I'm going to get a freeze date from the manufacturer. And about six to eight months later, you're going to have your car. Okay, freeze date. Okay, so it kind of locks in when they're going to start building the car. Correct. And, you're, is, and, and then at that process, when you come in and you spec a car, you can obviously change some things up to a certain date, correct? Still that freeze date. Yeah. Okay. So once I have it, even with Rolls-Royce, once that freeze date hits, you're locked. That's what it is. And I know a lot of times, like with Porsche and things like that, and I'm not, and I, w- I want to speak with McLaren as far as the MSO and things like that, and doing one-off things. I mean, mm-hmm. how open is McLaren to doing things like that, or is it is it a, a money speaks kind of thing? It's a money speaks kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So MSO requests go directly to the manufacturer, and you can basically do anything you want, as long as you're willing to pay for that R and D. Okay. Wow. That's cool, though. Which yeah. is something, and that's not an answer I expected. It's the R&D. Like, I sit there and you go, I want this color paint. Well, that's great. They have to go out. They have to test it because it has to be the McLaren standards mm-hmm. um, before they're going to put it on a car because it would make them look bad if they didn't test it. So, you're, you're right. You're paying for the R&D. Are there any options that, like, customers should never skip? Or, they, or maybe some that do, and then you have to, like, hey, no, you really want this? Uh, front axle lift. Oh, that's uh, a good one. That's yeah. a good call out. How could you skip, skip that? that? Like, yeah. I mean, in my mind, that's you're just Wait. asking to buy... Yeah, but you're asking to buy splitter after splitter. <laughs> and then um, I've actually had to talk some clients into putting audio systems in their car. They allow McLaren customers to do the audio delete. Okay, does does McLaren charge more for the audio delete? Like Porsche was doing that, where you it would cost you more to not have a stereo kind of thing. It's a it's, it doesn't won't cost you a dollar more. Okay, but it'll help your resale value. Yes. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. You always want to get that third row in the McLarens too. That's a very important. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. Uh, the the infotainment screen, mm-hmm. I will say, on the early McLarens. I've, from what I've heard, they fixed it. But the early MP4, 650, 675, that's, that series, the 6 series especially, even in the 570, I guess a little bit, is awful. <laughs> it's one of the worst I've ever used in my life in the 6 series. When the, the MP4 12. When the MP4 12 c came out, didn't they, they, they did a bunch of design here with audio or something? Because there was one. Oh, no, it sounded amazing. But, but they had a car here. There was an incident in, uh, here. And they, they, I thought they were here working on the sound system. There was something around this area with technology that was working with McLaren. There was. Yes. Uh, there was yeah. a rocket scientist who comes in here that was working on the navigation system yes. and entertainment system. Yeah. It's a cleaner. Yeah. Yep. Huh. The and more then, you know. And then there was an incident. <laughs> so, but it was a pre-production car, so it doesn't, yeah. Well, pre-production uh, cars tend to have issues. Well, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, they, they tested that's the Aturo in winter with summer tires. Oh, yeah, I could say that could go bad. Yeah. You know, you'd think that would be one they'd be able to catch. Like, I, this is not going to work. I mean, we know, I mean, Mr. Fowler, I don't, he was actually supposed to stop by. He was in Boise with his, uh, his seven, was it? 650. 650 in, in snow. Covered in snow. Covered in snow, which I loved him. Good job, John. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to anybody who drives a supercar in winter. Just get the right tires, good to go. Yeah. Most of the time, as long as you're not shoveling, they actually do pretty well most of the time. 
I mean, there's it's a, a lot of, I mean, especially with Lamborghini, it's all wheel drive systems. So, yeah, it's 90% yeah. rear bias. But uh, actually, let me ask you about that. So, the, how do I, is it Artura? Artura, yeah. Artura, is that what I'm saying it right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I the keep new, thinking of the never ending story. The new hybrid, is it? <laughs> Arturo. Yeah. <laughs> That was the horse's name, I think, but yeah. A tr- I think it was a giant dragon. Was it the, the dragon? Oh, okay. That, oh, you're that right. was Falcor. That's Falcor. The, uh, it was a Treyu the ho- a tr- was the kid. Arturo was the horse. Right. Then. Yeah. yeah. I only know that from the band. The horse, anyway. got, the horse died. Oh, I shouldn't tell It came that. back. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for the 25-year-old movie. <laughs> it's 30-year-old it's movie. older than that. Yeah. It's a lot older anyway. than that. Yeah. How, does the, how does the hybrid system on the, on the new McLaren work? It's torque fill. So it's just like the mini P1 system. So they refine the product more. So it's complete torque fill. You're at 690 horsepower, essentially. The electric torque fill is 90 horsepower of that. So 600 naturally aspirated horses, whatever you want to say, and 90 with the torque fill. You're talking about a product of 700 horsepower. It's going to be a phenomenal track monster. So is it front wheel only, or is it... How it's does an, the hybrid It's going to be rear-wheel dominant. Rear-wheel dominant, but it's all-wheel drive, technically. Not really, but... Kind of, yeah. Yeah. The motors are up front, though. Are they, are they integrated into the rear, too? Integrated into the rear. You know, I'll be honest. I've seen a ton of stuff on that car, and you're the first person to call it a Mini P1, and that narrows yeah. it. That, that closes it, it is. so well. But That's <laughs> exactly what P1. I thought. It's a, it's a, exactly. It's a, it's a $280,000 Mini P1, yeah. which you can drive and enjoy, and you don't have to worry about a $150,000 battery swap later. <sighs> I mean, is maintenance that bad on a P1? I mean, I've, I've seen... You were in a Senna GTR earlier, right? Yes. So you got to change the bladder tank on that car every five years. How much did that cost? Well, I, mean, I remember them, they had to do that a big time on the, on the F40. F40s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they would eat through. Yeah. So that's an engine out service. Yeah. You're talking about 150 grand every five years. Love Ferraris the oh. same way. Actually, that's a good question. What is maintenance like on a McLaren? Not the... You know, what, is, what is the normal maintenance schedule? Uh, 5,000 miles once a year. Your fluid swaps. It's just like you should do on any other sports car. Um. Pretty actually low cost and maintenance on them. Huh. Which is I mean, nice. relative, relative. Just yeah, user I mean, error is the most expensive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did the oil chain in my garage. It's fine. I told McLaren I did it. We're You'd good. be surprised. I know. I yeah, mean, I kind of wonder how right to repair file falls into that because I'm sure there is like a, I mean, I don't do it. I, whoever's listening and you have a McLaren, don't do your own service. But I mean, there's a lot of cars, exotics included, that are actually really easy to service. Porsche is one of them. Yeah. Like a 911 is. Like brainless to do an oil change on. Two drain plugs, fill, done. Like change the filter up top. It's actually clean. And the air filter, no. But it's nine rubber. days to put a backup camera on it. So That's true. <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, we looked into that. Easy to yeah. Maintenance, but yeah. yeah, I wonder how that works if, uh, if McLaren like freaks out. I know Ferrari does. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I mean, I, I get it. You know, the especially with Ferrari, McLaren, and Lamborghini, they're they're presenting a project a product that is is, is superior in their mind, and mm-hmm. it is. Um, and they truly believe. I mean, I have spent enough time at Concorso with some heads of things where they they go, yeah, we. I mean, Lamborghini doesn't like it when you put wheels on the car because they feel that the wheels that come on the car are superior, and you should love them. And you know, it's designed for the vehicle. Exactly. It's like getting a Rolls Royce and putting a set of aftermarket rims on it. You bought the car for the ride. Yeah. Just, and they're so nice. Yeah. What is a, so if I'm going to buy a McLaren, what should I buy? I'm 720. 720? It's, I'd rather have a 720 than a 7.65. And I'll tell you the reason behind it. I know really? you're, you're giving me that yeah. look on your yeah. face. No, Actually, I really want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. The LT lightweights, mm-hmm. frankly, they're, they're track cars. A 720 has a perfect compromise of comfortability and track usage. So I could take that car and daily it which 
probably what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm going to go to the track once in a blue moon. I can drive it to the track, get all the performance I want out of it. And drive it home. Drive it home. Now that 765 has uh, the center seats or the P1 seats, which are not very comfortable. I actually like them. They're very tight on you. That's why. I, 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 it's interesting because the ones I've been in weren't that bad. I mean, like compared to the GTR, which is, <laughs> that was like 10 pounds in a four pound bag. Uh, yeah. They're not but, easy to get in and out of, but they were surprisingly comfortable. Okay, I don't know if I'd want to take a road trip. I will them, say but. this. I've never, I haven't driven a car with center seats, but when I've sat in them, I felt more comfortable than the, the I mean, the regular, the comfort seats in a McLaren are incredible. Um, I'm going to invite you okay. to drive a 620R with the center seats in it. Okay. Um, you're going to come out on the 21st. We're going to do that. Okay. And let me know what you think. No, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. Okay. And then I'm gonna let you drive a 720. Right I'm, after. I'm doing this for you. You remember that, okay? I, I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a favor to you. Yeah, I don't want to put it that way. Because <laughs> 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 if he's he's probably right, <laughs> you might for McLaren. I'm gonna be coming out of there going, I took one for the team. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, I mean, because comfort seats, like, what, what what did we had? We had comfort seats in the in the the five, 570s, 570s, yeah. and I really enjoyed those. And I actually had my mom in that car who has some back issues, and she thought it was very comfortable i was a little tall for him you've yeah. done some car rallies like gumball and gold rush and we've whatnot. done our own rallies yeah, we've done yeah, our own, yeah. yeah. ours are a little longer <laughs> there you go <laughs> we're too wild for gumball yeah. <laughs> well it's like i remember when the aventador came out for example you know everybody thought that'd be a great car until you do a road trip in it <laughs> yeah, yeah. On a, for a lot of reasons yeah well i mean even not even the comfort seats in lamborghini are tough like i will say I mean, most comfortable seat we've been in is when we, we drove the Urus when they, when they first brought it out. Oh, like, those were fantastic seats. They're extremely comfortable, front and rear. That's yeah. a cool guy car. It's a cool really dad is. car. That was one of the better, it's probably the best SUV I've ever driven, period. Hands down. Yeah, it just, the, it lived up to the hype, which I was really shocked because I was super skeptical. When you get an, an exotic car maker making an SUV, which makes sense, especially for making money and producing more cars. So please, luxury, exotic car makers, please make SUVs so you can make cooler cars. That that's, has worked out fine for everybody. Yeah, but just a side note to Ferrari, stop suing people just because you want the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no kidding. But I mean, if, They're if they, suing a charity, just so we're clear. <laughs> for lack of... Such a Ferrari for their new, For their do. new SUV. Sorry, Ferrari, but it's a very They're Ferrari. They're suing thing. a charity for Because the charity owns the name. Okay. Trademark and license. They and have they're it. not using it. And so their Ferrari is going after it. So, yeah. <laughs> Can they just buy it and donate? Exactly. <laughs> right? I'll tell you. So, I mean, it's, I, I'm going to have to get the full article and I'll send it to you. But yeah, basically, that's, what's well, Ferrari? I mean, Ferrari goes after people when they don't like the wraps that people put I was going to say, Again. speaking of Ferrari and McLaren, I'm dying to have a dead mouse on the show just so he can give me the real story. It's him getting rid of his Ferrari. He got the cease and desist from Ferrari. And yeah, he, got, he did. And he, he got, got the, rid of it. The then Perricon. he got McLaren. And, no, he, he got, got, the, he got a Huracan. Yeah, he's got a P1 too, though. He's got yeah. a P1. Yeah. yeah. And he still, he loves it. But his I think Lamborghini had no problem with him doing it, ironically. No. Per, they per, they were like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dead so. muscles are driving our cars. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. He seems kind of like Cristal, right? Back yes. in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Just got to fill your bathtub with it. It's fine. What are the weirdest options you can get? Like, I'm, I'm not weirdest, they're just like the most unique ones. I'm looking at the Rolls Royce wall, and I remember the sheepskin uh, floor mats that when we had that Cullen in. It made you want to take your shoes off. I yeah. did not, but it made you want to take your shoes Should off. Should I take your shoes off? Yeah. No, I just, it seems disrespectful. <laughs> what are the coolest <laughs> oh, options? Oh, crap, I'm get? on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the cool thing about Rolls Royce, you really can bespoke a vehicle any way you want. So, yeah. um, kind of cool thing. Uh, Starlight Headliner. You want to do that oh, yeah. to the Constellation when the day you're born? Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, you want to see just, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. So just some small stuff like that. Uh, wedding anniversary is a wedding gift. <laughs> Minus the whole fact of like, hey Nick, uh, that's a nice Rolls Royce. Oh, what's the Starliner? Uh, well, that's the constellation of the guy that owned it before me. <laughs> I'm going to have to have it restarred. <laughs> I can only sell this card to somebody who was born on the same day as I am. Yeah. So. Well, that's interesting. You know, the fact, though, is most Rolls Royce consumers, you know, they don't sell their cars. They just add to it. Of course not. So yeah. it's one, two, three, four Rolls Royces. And that's all I'm driving. Huh. What about, well, not just Rolls Royce, but like McLaren and stuff like that. What are the cool options? Like, I mean, the roof scoops are one of my favorite things you can get, but... McLaren's, everything's pretty much more standardized. There's not really that many more options you can do on the vehicles besides carbon pack one, two, three. And I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, they've, more, they've standardized things a little bit more. Um, so if you want to have fun with McLaren, you have to go MSO, which is full bespoke. Um, Lamborghini, they've standardized their options as well. Uh, Rolls-Royce, you have the most flexibility. I was not aware that there is a off-road package for the Urus and a oh, street yeah. package for the Urus. It actually need. makes sense too when you looked at it. And it's funny because I look at the off more the uh, is it the off-road package? Am I saying that correct? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. And I look at it now and I go, that makes sense because the, the lower valances are more. They're not plastic, but they're more. They're just raised. Ground effects. They're more. The, the ground effects is gone. There's less carbon that you can break. You could actually take it off and blast it through a snow berm compared to one that's beautiful. Oh my god. It's yeah, so I don't think anybody when they said off-road package, I don't think they picture anybody out there like, hey, let's go to Moab in the Urus. It's it's, it's more of a like, yeah, if it's you want to the first bl- place I'd go with It the is the first that's place, the first place, I'd, place go. I'd, I'd go. If I had if I had FU money, I would take an Urus to Moab and be like, yeah, we're doing Razorback and Hell's Revenge. I mean, <laughs> Poison Spider. <laughs> the under the underpinnings of it is basically the RSQ8. I mean, you you know, you can That's got a great traction. It's also Bentega. Yeah. It's same same architecture. Yeah. Did they, did they, have they done anything with the Bottega in the back seat? The reason I say this is when it, they, they introduced it here, they had a lot of the stars that, you know, the football stars and stuff that came back and they, the back seat, they couldn't sit, they couldn't sit in the back seat. Well, good news is long wheelbase guy announced yesterday. There you go. Hey, there we okay. go. So yes, oh, they, fi- cool. they fixed it. Yes. They fixed yeah. it. So now you can get a Maybach style vehicle out of a Bentley. I mean, Bentley is something. I, I mean, I love Rolls, but Bentley. There's something about driving a Bentley. There's just the, the interior. It's, it's a driver's it's, car. It's different though than a Rolls Royce because a Rolls Royce, like and we were talking about it. Give me the statistics on how many people are driven in a Rolls Royce and compared to you know when they buy it. Well, it's changed now. So you see about sixty forty. So sixty percent were chauffeured. Now it's sixty percent drive themselves, and the average consumer is forty five years old. Okay, so he's our age. That's what I was going to say. That's so interesting to me, and I, but I get it in the fact that like. It'd be really fun to drive one of those and be in luxury. And I mean, it'd make you want to live farther away from the office just to spend time in that car. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's not a I bad could say that take. about a McLaren too, but yeah, I was I mean, going to say, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would probably move to like Wenatchee if I bought a McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun little daily drive. <laughs> Service once a month. It's got 5,000 miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, that would be have fun though. You know me. It doesn't matter what I have. I'm putting 20,000 miles a year on it. <laughs> I think you've seen multiple cars. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Um, well, we are. Uh, we're. Oops. Wrong one there. Uh, Get the right button. Sorry about that. I just killed the video. You game. are the worst editor. I ever. know. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm, this, is, this is not a. Yeah, I one know. person job. Good job, Dan. I know, I'll just Dan, I'm very that. impressed with how you can manage all this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I'm the special squirrel. 
It's just a lot of medication. Yeah, no. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No. Excellent. Well, Rami, I really appreciate you taking time and, and talking to us about, you know, obviously your transition into this out of uh, coming after COVID and, and showing us around this dealership, which is incredible. I've seen things today that I need to go home and go work. It makes me want to go no home kidding. and get back to work. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. need to get paid more. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is a beautiful spot, though, and it's great to see the, the dealership growing, the brand's growing. It's nice to see such a, a presence of McLaren here. I mean, Lamborghini has been around here for a while, but seeing McLaren grow all the time is a... I don't know. And we're looking forward to doing a lot more stuff with the community here and getting more involved and really pushing that brand. Do you guys have an opening day, like an official opening for this, the dealership? I know you guys are open now, but we're going to have four opening parties essentially. Okay. So there'll be one from Lamborghini, one for Rolls Royce, one for McLaren. Am I forgetting okay. one, Bentley? Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one on the end. <laughs> yeah, <it's> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, All right, well, a lot of uh, people in Avance, a lot of people around here are definitely in the market as the, as our, as this dictates, I should yes, say. Sort of correct, say. So how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. It just seems to be a popular thing with millennials. So at RamiAtherton.com. Also Open Road, uh, Rami.Atherton at OpenRoad.com. Well, um, we can put the stuff in the... Oh, yeah. It'll yeah, be on the show notes, yeah. but it just, it's better. People hear it, see yeah. it. So, yeah. All right. Tell him Nick and Dan sent you. He won't return your call for a couple of days, but you know. <laughs> well, just tell him you're calling for Nick. He has an office here as well. Exactly. I have an office here. Yeah. I'm, somebody has to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's in the bathroom. Yeah. I'm okay. It's a nice bathroom. <laughs> it is a very nice bathroom, actually. He is a woman's one, by the way. Yeah, I did not. I did not. I can use whatever I want to use. <laughs> And the governor said so. Oh, and we're uh, not getting into that. Uh-huh. In show. All right. <laughs> well, for this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>